invite my friends to join me today. So if you are uh, helping me, please come and find a spot at the table. This is our uh, choir coming forward today. So, so uh, we're going to uh, have a conversation together uh, this morning, and uh, I've been looking forward to this. And um, as people are settling in and preparing for the uh, conversation, uh, my job is to ask a couple of questions and to watch the time. And um, your job is to bring your creativity, your heart, your passion, your thinking, and uh, and and our job together is to uh, is to seek God's face in the midst of this conversation. What is God inviting you to do? And where is God connecting with you? And how is God's Spirit um, inviting you uh, to step forward? So I want to um, just do a, a really quick recap of where we've been in uh, January as we arrive at this conversation. So, you know, we've been talking about the, the vision and the mission of our church, and we spent some time talking um, way back at the beginning of January about Psalm 1. And in Psalm 1, we talked about the idea of loving God, right? We said loving God is really coming to a place to delight in God and delighting in God for God's own sake and, and, uh, and not for what God can give us or what God does for us, but just God for God's own sake. So delighting. And then we did Acts 8, and in Acts 8, we talked about loving our neighbor, and we said what that looks like is this radical hospitality, this radical act of inclusion. Uh, and Philip demonstrates that radical act of welcoming uh, the other, the outsider, the ostracized, when he baptizes that Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, and so we talked about how do we step into loving our neighbor and practicing uh, that, that radical welcome, that radical hospitality. Uh, and then we looked at First Peter 2, verse 12, we talked about the leading change part of our vision. So loving God, loving neighbor, leading change. And leading change, we've talked about um, that God has constituted us to be a, 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 a holy nation of priests, right? To be people who are constantly showing forth the glory and the presence of God in our world. And then we do that in a very specific way. So it's um, uh, paying attention. Be very careful how you live uh, in the midst of culture. So live differently, right? And, and be different. Look different than everybody else. Do your differences differently than everybody else does them. So loving God, loving neighbor, leading change. And then last week, we, we uh, had this really exciting time to uh, uh, acknowledge and commission and celebrate the Bridge of Hope uh, team and the ministry and outreach of the Bridge of Hope. And, and many of you responded and said, I'd like to know more about that. I, I'm ready to be a part of that. I'd like to support that somehow. And many more of you might still uh, be contemplating and praying about that. And you can still uh, keep uh, letting us know uh, about um, your desire to do that. But we looked at uh, uh, Matthew 25 and talked about seeing, right? And whether you're on a Bridge of Hope team or a Young Lives mentor um, or uh, mentoring somebody or doing uh, child care or home repair for a, a distressed single parent family, um, training our eyes to see the presence of Jesus and the needs around us, right? Uh, especially in the... In the um, uh, distressed single-parent families living in poverty here in Midland County. And, and how are we um, engaging that need, and how are we taking that on, and how are we letting that need train us uh, uh, to correct our vision so that more and more and more we have clarity about the needs around us that we see every single day. Uh, and then we're equipped to respond to those, our vision and mission. And uh, today, I just want to add one more text to that, and that's Ephesians 4. So let me read this text. I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but 
Uh, this is what I'm going to read to you. Uh, uh, Ephesians 4, uh, beginning of verse 11, says, um, uh, He is the one, Jesus is the one, who gave um, these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, teachers. So this, uh, these gifts of leadership uh, are given to the church for a very specific purpose, right? Leaders are given to the church, are given to you. Uh, surprise, surprise, not to do it for you, right? Um, it, the next verse is not, and he gives these great leaders to the church so that we can sit back and have a season of resting and disengaging and not having to worry about things and letting everybody else worry about it. What he says is their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So how do we, how do we come to inhabit this vision and mission, embody this vision and mission, live this out? Uh, in more and more uh, uh, concrete ways? The answer to that question is that God has given us these gifts of leadership, and it's the leaders that God has placed in our midst uh, that are helping us to become a church that does this uh, more and more. And I couldn't be more excited about the leaders that you have in front. Would you please just welcome them and thank them for their... I mean, I don't know. Being a leader in the church is hard work sometimes. I I heard about that somewhere once. And... um, um, and I know these aren't the only leaders that we have here. Uh, in some in some instances, you're representing whole teams of people that are leading, and uh, leading with great gifts and effectiveness. Uh, and these are people that um, think and pray and invest tons of their time and energy uh, on the behalf of God's kingdom in this place uh, to th- to think about what does it look like to lead um, a community of believers. And so um, thanks for doing that. And uh, the, so I have two questions that we're going to talk about, and we'll, we'll talk about this for a little bit, and, um, and then we're going to have communion, and that'll be our day together today. So here's, here's the first question. You know, as you listen to the vision, the mission, love God, love others, uh, love neighborly change, and then this uh, engaging uh, with the needs around us, what piece of that or pieces of that personally stir you the most, right? What What is life-giving to you? What draws you in? What do you see in that that is important uh, for you personally in your own relationship to Jesus? This is the part that you get to answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, say say your name and what you do. Yeah. So so for the, for the shepherding elders, me, the thing that 
opportunity to mentor and build relationships actually came through the church rather than through work, which is not the way. And so um, working with the youth is a big part of, or is a big part of what, what energizes me most. Being here at MRC, youth group, young life, making young kids. You have a couple of those. So let me just follow up on that really quickly. We had this experience um, where we were having a, a fairly in-depth conversation, and uh, it just became evident that there's some different approaches to uh, creativity and problem solving on our uh, GED. And uh, at the end of the night, uh, Will, just a, a very humble, um, wise leader, and uh, Will said, you know, um, I have an approach, and... Um, I'm learning from the approach of others, and I can incorporate that, and, and there's wisdom in that. And, and being able to see the strengths of both approaches um, makes you just such an incredible leader. And um, for leading change, um, you're, you're the right person in the right season for us, so thank you. Tara, would you be willing to jump in? You're, in some ways, you're, you got named, and then I want to hear from Alyssa too, but you got named as kind of the newest part of this leadership team. So 
what I mean, what's resonating with you as you come into this community now and kind of settle in? Yeah. God gives every single person in this room um, a unique gift. And so um, helping people to discover their gifts and um, coming alongside them to bring them all together and um, make the best worship and the best um, and, and point others to God through, through that. Um, so, and you may be thinking I'm just talking about specifically musical gifts, but um, uh, having just come from the Calvin Worship Symposium, um, my eyes have really been open to all of the ways um, and the different giftings, that, the ways we can use these giftings um, for our worship, too. Um, specifically, I'm kind of thinking of some more incorporating more peaceful arts, um, graphic design, um, uh, even um, if you may have a gift for just um, making sounds, um, maybe some um, more team members to help our Yeah, and I, I love the way um, when we talked about worship is maybe the most central way that we become people who love God for God's own sake, right? That's the way that we practice becoming that. So, yeah. You want to jump in on that conversation? Yeah. Um, I feel like our sound changed in the room about halfway through that paragraph. <laughs> I think you took us out of the monitors, okay. which is great because we're really hear, loud. Can you hear Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you can't hear, then move forward. Yeah. So I do actually have, so we talk a lot in the, the staff and such about um, problems, right? We, we troubleshoot throughout the week, and sound is one that comes up, as, as many of you know. We were, or I was, really encouraged while we were at Calvin to experience a lot of technical difficulties. It was so encouraging that it's not just us that happens everywhere, even, even bigger places like that. Um, but something that I've been so excited and uh, really blessed by, I'm not sure which of our three it falls under. I think it really spans um, spans the whole the whole thing. Um, is that I've been able to learn so much from um, from the people at this table and from all of you as well. I feel like I've um, kind of gotten the the great um, transitional steps here. So starting as a member of the church and being able to learn from the team that was up here then and getting to know congregation members and things like that, and then starting to step onto the platform. Um, my goodness, our musicians are just awesome. They're so wonderful and talented and um, are so great at sharing, not just their gifts with us musically, but um, teaching me and, and things like that. And then to also bring Tara on board, and I've learned um, a lot from working with her and um, being able to try new things and excited about that. So she and I have talked a lot about what it looks like to um, to be expanding that. We want to have more and more voices a part of our corporate worship experience. Um, I know there are some people who would say, I would never step on the platform. And you know what? That's okay. Because there are other ways for us to incorporate your voices. If we are all one family and all one body, then all of your voices are important. 
And sometimes I know I haven't, there are mistakes I've made and um, things that have slipped through the cracks, but as we learn from those things too, um, I think we're getting stronger and stronger and um, we're going to try to keep listening. So um, we're going to ask that you keep sharing and keep talking and we'll get um, stronger and continue to glorify God to the best that we can. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Brenda. All right. So I love hearing the, so this is a little bit of an experiment, but now you've heard from our um, shepherding elder, missional deacon, and GED. And uh, part of the thing that just is making me so happy as I sit here right now is that the people that are representing each of those different teams, right, and you use that, you've all used that word, uh, each of those teams sort of inhabits different space in our work together, right? And so to, to be thinking about the missional piece, right? How are we really deeply engaging that? How are we leading change? And how are we growing in our 
discipleship life in our relationships. And, and uh, uh, no one team is made up of exactly the same kinds of people, but they're kind of clustered around these different areas of passion and interest. And that's just a, such a really great picture of the body um, serving the body. So thanks. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, not to be named.
whenever I think about Cheryl, um, she thinks, you know, she's somebody that I think of as uh, somebody who is just growing in this um, skill as a leader and finding her own voice as a leader and the integrity that it takes to, to try on a role that you don't necessarily see yourself in or start off feeling really comfortable with, but over the, over the course of years, just to embrace that and to recognize God's work uh, in your life is really cool. So, I mean, everybody up here is a leader with in integrity, right? They're not just telling people to go and do things, but they're living into this. Um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you to hear all of these voices, right? It's easy to hear my voice uh, week after week, but these are all voices that are speaking into the life and ministry of this church, and I wanted you to hear these voices for yourself. So, um, you, uh, we said the most uh, wise, eloquent person was going to go last. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I had a faith family kind of naturally with blood relatives, but what I hope here, and what I've seen here is when we moved here, we, we didn't have that around. They're all 12 hours away now. And But you guys have filled the gap and been that faith family for my family, and I want that to expand to this whole congregation. Just to give you a quick example, um, if you notice my haircut, wasn't necessarily a voluntarily voluntary haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, and it wasn't just me and my family. And, but somebody out here has experienced that same kind of thing in their family, and they, they went alongside Leslie, who was having a little bit of a tough time getting through this. Not, I mean, 60 cycles of washing clothes can do that to you. Um, but to have that someone to rely on who's close by and who's had the same kind of experiences, that was faith family demonstrated to me. Another family out here came to Ruby's soccer game, just kind of out of the blue. They were like, we want to come watch you play soccer. That was an example because Ruby doesn't have a lot of fans. So that kind of big family idea is how we love um, radical, radical hospitality. And then to go beyond that, though, is how do we love those we don't know as well, maybe that are outside the church, maybe that are in more distress. And that's my other big thing for the year, besides big family, which I want you to contact me about, is is the child care thing that we've been, I've been researching and looking into a lot. How, if you, a lot of you have had babies recently, I, you probably agree with me, it's not easy to find child care for an infant. And imagine if you're a single parent who has a not a high income job or a medium income job, how can we help our neighbors in 
radical hospitality and be a part of the solution for, for infants and, and little two-year-olds and, and all that, and then welcome them into our, our church family so that we can uh, uh, bless them the way you guys have blessed my family for the last seven and a half years. Great. That's yeah, really great. When you know, That's another example of I've experienced this for myself. I've lived in this and want to uh, lead out of my own experience. That's really wise. Um, since we've done the hard transition, and that was really brilliantly choreographed. I don't know how you got the kids up right in that sentence when you were doing that, but um, very, I mean, that was like expertise. So um, some of you did that. You blended together um, the what resonates most for you and then how are you helping to lead the, the congregation to inhabit that vision and mission more fully. Um, do any of, uh, so we have uh, just a couple of minutes, but do any of you just have kind of a 30 to 45 second um, uh, piece to add to how you're helping to lead the uh, church to embody the, that vision or mission more fully? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's great.
sense that we're held to by the congregation and looking forward to the seventh teaching. As far as the multifunctionality, um, we're considering the idea of converting current sermon to an attractive, comfortable, multi-purpose sermon for medium-sized gatherings, like high school graduation parties, gathering showers, wedding receptions, and the like. Also, we could host our faith walkings and seminars with the community in, in a multi-purpose room. And then as far as accessibility, We're going to give Matt the last words.
All right, would you uh, um, just join me in a word of uh, prayer as we uh, thank our uh, leaders and uh, invite God's wisdom for all of us. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for uh, the gifts that you've given to this congregation in this time and in this place, and especially for the uh, men and women uh, that have shared with us today. It does take some courage to stand in front of a group of people and say, this is what's in my heart, and this is what matters to me, and this is what I want to try. So, Lord, help us to um, be supportive um, and encouraging and curious and courageous. Uh, Help us to be loving towards the leaders that you've given to us. Uh, Help us to bring great wisdom um, together as we listen to your voice. Uh, And, Lord, for all of these things, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And maybe uh, returning to your seats.